season's greetings, and welcome to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days, the podcast where we light up your earballs one day at a time. I'm Sean German from Five Minutes of Mime. I'm Christopher Dennis DeGuardia from friendsofamelia.org. I'm the Admiral Ebenezer Pete Mummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. I'm Rick from the Mad Max Minute. And I'm Julia, also from the Mad Max Minute. Hey. Yeah. Wow. So Rick and Julia, thank you very much for, for coming. For oh, thank by. you for having us. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to, uh, to you joining the party. So uh, this should be yeah. fun. I hope you don't mind us parking the war rig out front. We kind of coasted in on fumes, but uh, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to go around the neighborhood, do some siphoning, and then we'll be out of your hair in a couple of months, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get too attached to it. Oh, oh my. Okay. Yeah, I'll just have to just have to check those sewer drains. That's all. all right. Well, let's get to it. Uh, we are here to discuss December twenty first of the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. In this case, we happen to know it's December twenty first because the minute or the day starts with a look at the advent calendar. So very handy orientating us where we are in the festive holiday season. Uh, So in this day, we begin with Clark in the office. Uh, It's his last day of the year. And then we segue to Clark at home looking out, out, out his back door. Uh, And then his fantasies are interrupted by Ruby Sue. Uh, So let's get to it. So this is, uh, this is Clark's office. We've also, you know, we, we've, long or i've long puzzled just what it is clark does we know it has something to do (laughs) with food additives and cereal varnish and semi-permeable and then here we go we get it we get a look at the uh where the magic happens this is clark's office i i was curious he's got those he's got designer of the year awards for 1987 and 1988 Mm -hmm. and then he has a giant molecule on his desk so is is he a (laughs) science guy that seems hard for me to believe for some reason we haven't we theorized that he's kind of the he can he can kind of talk the talk maybe, but he's not like the guy down in the lab. Okay, that's that's what I think at least. That yeah, that's been our assumption. But yeah, this this molecule which I, I've tried to identify, and I I could not. And there's there's some structural issues here. <laughs> One of which is in these type of models, blue is usually nitrogen. Uh, so your blacks are carbons. Your, your reds are oxygen, yellow sulfur, but the blue is nitrogen. Nitrogen will make either three or five bonds with other molecules. But there's one of these, one of these nitrogens has six. Looks like it's got six bonds going on. I don't know if this is entirely correct. I've not been able to identify <laughs> what, what compound this is supposed to be. So I'm not exactly sure how scientific <laughs> this guy is. Well, <laughs> when I'm, I'm looking behind his desk, so there's there's a lot of food related stuff. Earlier, he was talking about his you know a cereal varnish and, and stuff. And, uh-huh. um, so so we know he works with food, and we see food items placed around. But be, behind him, so there's there's some boxes of cereal. There's there's Odie's and, and Cosmos. And then along with it is a box that says air grade marina poxy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, what is he doing with that? That's not going in the cereal, is it? I kind of think it is. I kind of think he's, it's all the same stuff. <laughs> that brings new meaning to the whole sticks to your That's ribs idea. <laughs> and are those, so are those real cereals? He's got his Cosmos and Odie's. So I thought Cosmos might have been a detergent. I wasn't even sure if that was a cereal. <laughs> but I don't Odie's. Know. Isn't Odie's one of those cereals that comes in a bag? Like the knockoff Cheerios? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. You go to Market Basket and you get, yeah. Yeah, someone's got to make those. Be. Like, they yeah. got to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. See, I didn't even look. I just I, I did it. I just assumed that those were props. Those were fake. Because you, uh, you see behind them, obscured, looks like Captain Crunch. Yeah, I was but it's too. but it's blocked. You just see the CRU of the crunch, uh-huh. and I assume like they didn't get clearance, so the fake cereals are in front, and then there's like a real box behind it. But maybe they're all real. I actually didn't. I was looking. I was it too- looks like it looks like Odie's at least are real. Okay, I think. I mean, it's golden uh, golden Odie's, three sisters, marshmallow Odie's. 
okay. So maybe maybe, the, maybe they're just like such a small known serial, they they didn't think that anyone would care. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like a regional Midwest brand. Maybe, yeah. Uh, put put that on our uh, Tommy T list. <laughs> Look at a long list of things to ask Tom. Yeah. Our Chicago questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Odie's. <laughs> and yeah, we also get a little bit more of uh mm. of Bill, the coworker. Uh still played by Sam McMurray. I still don't like him. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with Bill? Well, yeah, I, I, like I know him from oh. <laughs> I think of him as Glenn. Yeah. So if you think of him as Glenn from Raising Arizona, then you hate him. He's one of those guys where he's he's been in everything, but I couldn't pinpoint one thing specifically that he's been in. But I have this like vague feeling that he's a jerk. So, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm not sure why. Right. Right. See, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's got one of those the the IMDb entries where it's like he's done one episode of everything. Yes. And and yeah, he's uh-huh. mostly played jerks. But it's funny because he, he, I agree. Like, I think he comes across as kind of smug and he seems like he should be a jerk. But nothing that he does in this movie, kind of like the neighbors, is really jerky. Like, he's actually a very nice, warm guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's. No, no, yeah. Which is, it's funny. It's funny that this movie sort of plays against your perception sometimes. Yeah, it's sort of like it's in the ear of the beholder. So, like, when, when they're first, in, in the, on the previous day, when they're first talking about what are you going to do with the bonus and Clark confides that. He's gonna. He's he put a down payment on a pool for the family, and he says, you know, Clark Grissom, you're the 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 last family man. Just the text of it, it's like, oh, he's he's admiring. Like that's a good uh-huh. thing. You're doing this for your family. But the tone is is sort of in a gray area. It's not it's not sarcastic, <laughs> but it's not that far from being sarcastic. Like it just take a little tweak for like, oh, you're the last family man. Yeah. So it's like I guess you could yeah. So it's easy to kind of think of him as the bad guy. And, but yeah, like you said, Pete, there's there's nothing really that he says or does that's that's even the slightest bit jerky. Well, I mean, he's you know yeah. he's a good coworker. Earlier in the movie, Bill did say, you know, are you going to take your bonus and spend it on yourself? Bill seems like the kind of guy that would take his bonus and run out and buy a boat, like maybe like a bass fishing boat, not like a family pontoon out on the lake boat, like a I'm going to go out for the weekend myself, a boat or a motorcycle or I don't know, like a hang glider, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> Some one, but a hang exactly. for one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As opposed to buying yourself a pool so you can hook up with the lady at Macy's. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but with the family. Yeah. I do like that Bill goes out of his way to ask Clark what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm you know yeah. I'm not a jerk. I'm friendly to my coworkers, but I honestly don't really care that much if they're feeling blue. <laughs> if they were if they were acting blue, I wouldn't ask them about it cuz I don't really want to have a whole conversation about what's wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to don't want to know about it. Yeah. No, no, no one wants to know that. Like no. just Yeah. I just want to do my work and go home and get paid. Like yeah. I I don't delve too far into the personal lives of uh, of the co-workers. But again, so then this is yeah. Bill being a great guy. Yeah, going above well, and I mean, beyond. Yeah. Going above and beyond in the terms of friendship. But he does seem to be cutting out pretty early on the last day before Christmas vacation. Because he pops into Clark's office and he's like, hey, Clark, are you staying late? And it's like still bright outside. So, I mean, how late could they really be staying? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so, I looked up what time yeah. sunset was yeah. on that but day, that it, year, and that location. It was at 4.32. And the light outside is showing absolutely no yeah. sign of sunset or dusk or anything. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, it's, like it's full daylight 2.30, out there. 3 o'clock. It <laughs> if it was me, I'd be gone at noon. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, or is do, he just I, used to Clark leaving early? Is he used to, does Clark kind of cut out early every kinda, day? Like, yeah. is, is he like, hey, <laughs> you stay late, Clark. It's after two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're here for after lunch? No, it, it sounded to me like I thought that maybe tomorrow isn't a day off for all these guys, and Clark's just taking it off. Yes. Is this Clark say last day of the year for Thursday. me? It was a Thursday. Yeah, he does. It, yeah. Right, yeah. Because, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Exactly, this is well, Thursday. It's not out of Thursday, the question. Yeah, so. I mean, my last huh? day at work was literally yesterday. I'm 
pretty much off for the rest of the year because well, we're going away. Yeah. As we speak, we are driving down to Virginia for Christmas. Magic. Yes. <laughs> we get fantastic sound quality <laughs> yeah. in the car. It's amazing sound. Yeah, it's great. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's a quiet ride. That must be one of those Teslas. There's no engine noise at all. <laughs> I hear people like those, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think Clark's taking tomorrow off. Yes. And we, we've talked... Um, other about other days that he's taken off to be with the family so i think this is this is his you know he's just kind of spinning his wheels at work playing with his his toy pool uh, until it's time to go you know well yeah because yeah, he, he does say so this is his last day of the year so he's taking off friday he's ta- he's off tomorrow he's taken off the whole week after christmas until new year's so he's finishing everything up before he leaves which is why he's staying late but apparently finishing up means playing with his little model pool. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got his feet kicked <laughs> up, there. and he's flicking yeah. that yep. diving board. He's got that giant novelty fruit. I wonder if the... Yeah. I wonder if the small model of the in-ground pool is something you get when you prearrange to have all of the work done as soon as the ground thaws. Like, the company is so on board with doing your work that they're like, hey, this is awesome. Here, have a tiny model pool to tide you over. Right. Because we've got all your money, essentially. <laughs> Even though they've only got a check that they've yet to cash. <laughs> they've got thousands of dollars and he's got yeah. you know, a pool for ants. <laughs> Although this is, it's, it is a yeah. pretty detailed model. And like, you know, we hear the little spring when he, when he taps the, the diving board. Like that's, you know, that's articulated mm-hmm. and that moves and stuff. I'm not sure I- that that model is to scale though. I certainly hope not, because a diving board that's that large <laughs> on a pool of that size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's even got the little ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the bonus wasn't supposed to be that big. Yeah. You could jump across it if you wanted to, really. <laughs> look at it. Well, I, see, I, I, was, I have a feeling that Clark built this pool himself. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I think Clark's yeah, the kind of guy who would. would do that, wouldn't he? Yeah, at work. <laughs> or commission it somehow, yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd have the guys down and design, drop, like make it up for him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe the model pool was to be wrapped up and put under the tree so that when somebody opened it, he would say, oh, by the way, I'm putting in a pool. Oh. That would Christmas. explain yeah. one of the reasons why he's so stressed That's out so- about not getting his bonus yet. Because he had this little model made up and he was going to wrap it up and he wanted to make sure that he had that bonus in hand before he, you know, sprung the news. Yeah. So it's a it's a double whammy. So not only can he not cover the down payment if he doesn't get his bonus, but then he has pretty much no no Christmas gift. I mean, he's got other things. We see there are other boxes yeah. and he was shopping, uh, you know, for, for Ellen a little bit earlier. But this is the big gift. This is the main thing. So not only yeah. So if the bonus doesn't come through, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dark Christmas uh, in the Griswold household. <laughs> and so we hear yeah. So we hear Bill <laughs> hasn't gotten his bonus either. Although a messenger came to the house today, mm-hmm. so he he expects that's probably the bonus. It's waiting for him when he gets home. But Clark has seen no sign of his. Oh my. I have a question. So Bill that day on the 21st got his bonus and opened it and got the Jelly of the Month Club. No, no, no. It arrived at his house and his son saw the envelope. Yeah. so His then son Bill, didn't open it. Right. So Bill then went home right. and opened the envelope. Right. That day, Bill knew that they all got shafted. Oh. And he didn't yeah. call and Clark. He, he knew that Clark was counting on that money. No, Bill. Do you think Bill should have called Clark? I liked him. Bill should have called Clark. You're right. This is we were talking about this uh, earlier. Also, remember, guys, about how Bill's kind of pumping Clark for information what he's going to do with this bonus. <laughs> yeah, like he's getting some kind of sick. Maybe Bill yeah, really is right. a jerk. Like he just happen. puts on a good face. He's like a Schadenfreude junkie. Yeah. We, we were wondering if Bill works for <laughs> yeah, like if Bill works for like HR, <laughs> he knows all along. But then if he calls and it turns out that Clark did get a bonus, then Bill just sounds like a sad sack. Ooh. Yeah, oh, maybe maybe one. Bill thinks it's just just him. He's yeah, just like him. somehow he did something wrong and 
he's the only one who didn't get a bonus. Right. And yeah, if he, he called Clark, great epoxy. <laughs> if he called Clark and admitted that, then he would be embarrassed. Right, yeah. He's the See, jerk, this, right? is, this is the problem in America. They've trained us not to talk about these things, not to talk about salaries and not talk about bonuses and stuff like that. Like it's supposed to be a secret, but that doesn't benefit us. You know, the working class that benefits the capitalists that benefits the owners of the means of production. They don't want to sharing information. <laughs> okay, So what you're saying is that we, the proletariat need to rise up against the bourgeoisie and seize the means of production. I think that's what okay. I'm saying, yes. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the big bearded man in red that we're supposed to be talking about is Santa Claus and not Karl Marx. <laughs> I don't know. You know, all, all those photographs of Marx are black and white. He may have been wearing red for all we know. Has anyone ever seen Santa Claus and Karl Marx in the same place at the same time? There might be a conspiracy afoot. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think we're onto something here. We're we're breaking new ground. But yeah, so yeah, if if Bill had just called, well, and and I mean, it turns out Clark wouldn't have been able to help because his bonus was delayed. He didn't get his till he doesn't get his till Sunday. Well, and even then, the guy says, "Oh, I was supposed to deliver this yesterday." So even if that guy had been on time, Clark's not getting his bonus till Saturday. I think this is jumping it way ahead to Christmas Eve. Jump away. I think that messenger was lying because that messenger should have delivered all of the envelopes on the same day. Right. So it wasn't one day late. It was three days late. Oh, so he was like covering his butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, oh yeah. I'm only one day late, but he's really <laughs> three yeah. days late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So so Clark's the victim here. <laughs> of, He's of, the good guy. Of multiple people, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like the message of the movie that Clark is the victim. But <laughs> I mean, really, he's the victim of oh no, I might not be able to build a pool this year. Woe is me. <laughs> Never mind, you know, my cousin who doesn't have a house. I can't yeah. build a pool. Yeah. Well, when when you put it like that, it's, it's really yeah. it's kind of a first world problem. All of a sudden, yeah. Maybe this yeah. Clark's not a great guy after all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be like Debbie Downer here, but that's usually my role. So. I, I adore this movie. <laughs> I adore this movie, but really. so is is yeah. So is is Bill like the Frank Grimes? He's trying to figure out this Griswold guy. He's got this great house with two cars and these kids. And now he's putting in a pool and he never seems to do anything right, you know, but he keeps failing up. And Bill's probably, he's probably just happy. He's probably just like, he, he knew he, he, at least one, at least one night a month, he's eating real fruit because he's got that jelly of the month. <laughs> like, who knows what kind of life, what kind of sad sack life Bill is living. That he's got to, you know, he's kind of just living his dream through Clark. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Bill. See, I think Bill goes to work every day and works hard and gets no recognition or credit. And so he's, I think he's probably trying to figure out how Clark is doing all this. Yeah. And then he's gone. Uh-huh. Just like that. Yeah. He, he and leaves. never to be seen or heard from we again. never know. Never yeah. Even. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. When you leave work, you don't see those people while you're on Christmas vacation. <laughs> you don't call each other to gossip about your your, pay, yeah, your paychecks and your bonuses. Hey, did you get yeah, you don't think about those people. <laughs> They're gone. Yep, it's no. it's like he walks down that hallway, goes into the elevator, and he presses the button that says "exit plot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then we we fade out and we fade in on the Griswold homestead, lit up like glorious, crazy, mm-hmm. and Clark looking wistfully out his back window at the the yard where the pool soon will be. As soon as, as soon as the bonus arrives and then the ground thaws out. And and what we hear in the background is uh, Mele Kaliki Maka, mm-hmm. uh, which is Hawaiian for Merry Christmas. Uh, this is a song. This is a Hawaiian-themed Christmas song that was written in 1949 by Robert Alex Anderson. 
And the version, I believe the version we're hearing is one of the early recordings sung by Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters. And this particular phrasing is because there are no R's or S's, the R or S sound in the native Hawaiian language. So they wouldn't have Merry Christmas. They would have Mele Mm -hmm. Kalikimaka. Yep. And now you know. So I I don't (laughs) think like there's, I don't, like it's not a translation, like that doesn't mean Merry Christmas in the Hawaiian language, uh-huh. but phonetically, it's uh-huh. the, it's a close approximation mm-hmm. of the sounds, uh-huh. which is where that saying yep. comes Robert from. Robert Alexander Anderson, he was born in Honolulu. He was a more or less native Hawaiian, but he was also a white guy, and he was one of the big names in the hapahalo, hao, ha, let me try saying that again, the hapahaole genre of music, which is more or less a Hawaiian-English fusion style of music, and it leaned very heavily on this um, mix-and-match-and-smash-together style of Hawaiian-feeling, white-appealing sort of music. Yeah, and Anderson Mm -hmm. was writing music all of his life. He wrote his school's football song in his junior year and the school song in his senior year. He went to Cornell, and he was part of the Glee Club. He was... All about music, even if he wasn't a classically trained composer. And he didn't turn it into a vocation. It was more of a, an avocation. But he wrote close to, I think, a hundred different island songs that have become standards. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, he was very friend. successful. And he lived <laughs> yeah. all the way up to 1995. Yeah. So he got to live to see his song oh. in this movie. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Good for him. Well, and I think it's a very appropriate song. It does, it's for for folks that are in the, the Northern Hemisphere and particularly the Northeast or the Midwest, usually Christmas time is cold and we're looking at uh, white Christmas and that kind of thing. So this is a, it's seasonal, it's a Christmas song, but at the same time transports us to the tropics, to Hawaii. Um, so it's very appropriate for the fantasy that Clark has in his head that he's thinking ahead to uh, to warmer times in the summer. So works very well in this scene, mm-hmm. I think. Isn't that kind of how holidays work a lot of times, though? You, you just wish you were someplace else or you <laughs> wish you were with other people. Or you wish... Yeah, I wouldn't mind being in Hawaii for Christmas. <laughs> so would Rusty. <laughs> yeah. My parents spent some time in Hawaii. Well, so did I. I was born in Hawaii. And for Christmas, my parents used to go camping on the beach in Hawaii for Christmas. So I certainly would not mind being in Hawaii for Christmas. (laughs) And this is great. Like, so this is so good. Even even the sight of Edity, you know, we get a little bit of an eye roll from Clark, but he's like, you know what? It's the pool. It's the family. Everyone's here. Even Eddie with his with his shirt tucked into. The thong that he's wearing as a bathing suit? <laughs> so wrong. Like, for some well, reason. Like well past the yeah. top and the bottom of yeah. the suit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, is there a, a homoerotic subtext going on here? Why? Because oh, Eddie turns no. directly into the, the yeah. object of Clark's lust? <laughs> yeah. There's something. Everyone else stays the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and they're they're only cousins by marriage, so... There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Um. <laughs> and Eddie is the only one that acknowledges Clark outside of the girl. You know, Eddie kind of right. gives him a, a salute. Yeah. What I yeah. find interesting, we learn later on that Eddie doesn't know how to swim, and yet there he is with flippers and nose plug and goggles. He's ready to dive in, <laughs> but he doesn't know how to swim. And what Clark is... knows that. Maybe he... Maybe Clark right. should have imagined Eddie wearing like a giant cinder block wrapped around his ankle. The opposite direction. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll go that way with it. Okay. <laughs> that we're trying to help Eddie. Yeah. Well, is it, yeah, is, well, is it part of since this is all Clark's fantasy? Is it part of his fantasy that that Eddie will drown? His cousin oh, dies in front of his own children. Like, yeah. like that's. That does sound like Clark, yeah. actually. <laughs> right, yeah, right in his backyard. Every time he looks out that back window, yep, that's yeah. where that's yeah. where Eddie you know, died. As much and then he as smiles. Clark would probably <laughs> love to see Eddie drown himself in his pool, it would also be the one last snub that, 
Clark would then have to drag Eddie's body out of the pool and dispose of it one last time. <laughs> one last major inconvenience. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's imagining Eddie with flippers and not cinderblock galoshes. <laughs> right. He'd be even more trouble dead than he is alive. This is what you're saying. Okay. It's an interesting juxtaposition, though, because Clark doesn't seem to be content at all with his life, whereas Eddie seems to just be reveling in the moment constantly. Like, he seems to be thankful for everything that's coming his way. You're not wrong. It's Eddie, Eddie he he purely exists and he enjoys it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he chucks that chucks that towel into the pool. He's having the time <laughs> of his life. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie is living in the now. Yeah, perhaps Eddie, Eddie could be a... Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we do think there are, there are certain parallels, and we, we do think there's a lot Clark can learn from Eddie in terms of, of being in the moment and accepting, you know, kind of just accepting life and accepting what is happening. Mm-hmm. There's a certain Zen to, uh, to Eddie. He's, he's, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I believe he's at peace with his soul. That could be a best-selling one of those books you buy at the checkout counter at the bookstore. Like, the Zen of cousin Eddie. <laughs> the Zen of Eddie. <laughs> the Zen of Eddie. Yeah. I, I really like Eddie's inclusion in this little fantasy. Because we start out with just Eddie's immediate family and then in-laws and parents and whatnot come in and they're all celebrating, they're all together Mm -hmm. and Clark is so happy with this vision. And then in comes Eddie and the vision is still of all the people that he loves most there together enjoying the pool and each other. So I I think deep down he does love Eddie. I think he doesn't want to admit it, but I I think he does love Eddie. (laughs) What I found weird about this scene is that this is the only view that we get of the Griswold's backyard. Every other shot around the house, it's either the garage, the front yard, inside. We don't ever see in the backyard except for this fantasized version of it. So I have to wonder, is it all Mm -hmm. just grass? Is it boring? Is it getting ready to be torn up? Is it just snowed over? I I have to wonder. It, it doesn't seem to be that big. If mm-hmm. he's if he's in the window, and he's looking right at the pool, and there's just like a wall of trees and stuff behind the pool, then maybe it's just like a, a patch of grass. That might be one of the upsides of installing a pool, is that you reduce the amount of grass that you have to mm-hmm. maintain. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Right. Mm, I don't know. Clark strikes me as someone who delights in maintaining his lawn. Yeah. No, you think he, yeah. he cuts that. shapes into yeah. it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Well, and, there, it, and there's certainly a lot of maintenance for a pool. If you're putting in a pool just because you don't like mowing your lawn, you've created a lot of extra work for yourself. <laughs> and those houses do seem to be very close together. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure there's much of a backyard. Yeah, so the, the obviously part of the fantasy is it's summer instead of winter and the pool's already there. Is, yeah, is the fantasy enlarging the size? Because also this pool, uh, you know, it's hard to judge the scale. I think this pool is bigger than than the model would have been if you scale it up um, directly. So it's all it's all fantasy at this point, pretty much. Yeah, it's a pretty big pool. It's like a hotel pool. Look at all the chairs. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe it is a, a, a perfect square. It's just humongous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either that or they've placed the diving board along one of the long edges of the pool, which is not something you usually see. Usually the <laughs> diving board is along one of the narrower edges, so you get more of a... <laughs> distance that you can jump i don't know well yeah because one of one of the one of the first shots we get of the pool around 51 seconds into the day yeah the side where that we see it, it's audrey sitting on the the diving board and you can we can see the side where the ladder is on the right like that edge where the where the diving board is that's very long if this is usually a diving boards on the short side of the the pool, you know, if the pool's a rectangle, it's on the short side by the deep end. If that's the short side, then how big is the long side? Mm. Like, we we see one corner by the ladder off to the left. We don't even see where the other corner is. Like, that's a very long, short side. And the, and the kids are kind of splashing around right in front of the diving board like they're standing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look deep enough for that diving board. That looks dangerous. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, I, well, I guess, you know what? Hey, if you're going to dream... Dream big. I mean, he's even got, so you can see along the deck by the pool, there's these huge planters with like little trees in them. And mm-hmm. um, 
I, I don't think this is an accurate representation of what their pool is actually going to look like when it gets put in. But yeah, if you're going to dream, dream big. Isn't yeah. that uh, isn't that what Clark always tells us? <laughs> isn't that what we've learned? <laughs> Everything he does. <laughs> yeah. And so as, as we've alluded to, Cousin Eddie fades away and soon is replaced by uh, the woman from the lingerie counter. Mm-hmm. At uh, at the store by uh, Nicolette Scorsese as Mary, uh, yeah, as Mary. And so at first, the, the, it's it's just the one Eddie swaps for her, and the family's there. But as in all fantasies, the family soon disappears and fades away. <laughs> <laughs> and Clark seems a little bit surprised. We we see his face. He seems like, wait, what? Where's she coming from? But it's, of course, this is all coming from. His own mind. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it, it, when it, what it comes down to, does Clark really, is his dream to be spending Christmas with his family or is his dream to be spending Christmas with Lingerie Mary? <laughs> <laughs> As a wife. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, let's go. As a wife, this kind of bothers me. <laughs> he has got a drop dead gorgeous wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is so loving and supportive of him. I just, oh, I love watching her just go along with everything he does. <laughs> and just love him, like, more and more every day. It's beautiful. And it just drives me nuts that he fantasizes about another woman. Can I propose an alternative fantasy? Why? Yeah, why wasn't it Ellen <laughs> up there taking off her bathing suit? Okay. Yeah. I'll bet she looks fantastic naked. Alternative, Eddie fades <laughs> away, and it's just Ellen up on the uh, the diving board. But then Mary comes in behind Ellen, and you get one of those things where you get the two pretty ladies kissing. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you could get that in a 1989 family say, holiday it's, comedy, it's, but it's kind of a 1999 it's... thing, I believe. <laughs> and this is—I mean, it's PG-13, but you know, it's not PG. It is—we do have the 13, but still, even even for PG-13, that may be <laughs> a, bit a bit much. much. Well, we get a copious <laughs> amounts of side boob here, and a majority of her back. And side, <laughs> like you get an eyeful for PG thirteen. <laughs> yes, but it's it's quick, and there is a moment where it's interesting the the foliage behind Mary at one particular moment. It looks like a nipple, but it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not a nipple. You know, <laughs> being that this is a PG-13 movie and not R, I'm pretty sure it's it's just a leaf or something that's behind her. But it's it just happens to be strategically placed that there seems to be like a a bump or a ridge where where a nipple might be. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's not. I, no. I, I, I appreciate that. It, I, it sounds like you paused this multiple times. <laughs> zoom enhance. <laughs> to make sure. Pause, zoom enhance. Just doing research, honey. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Do, Go do away, see? I'm podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, not to, not to exceed our mandate of this movie, or even this day, this is the first, at the time, the first Lampoon's movie that didn't have nudity in it, wasn't it? Wasn't there nudity in the, the previous two? I know I'm at least you, think, European know the, vacation there was. I can I remember that, but uh-huh. I think in in the first vacation, I don't think we see. I think it's obscured. It, I believe Christy Brinkley is is skinny dipping. She's naked in the pool, but everything's covered in water, so you don't get a good look at it. I'll have to go back and uh, and research for research. <laughs> back and research, research, more research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are they all PG thirteen? I'm All the sure. movies in the in this series. Let me just take a. Oh no! The original National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983 was rated R. Mm. Huh. Hey. European the the follow up European Vacation is PG 13, and then this is also PG 13. Huh. Huh. So maybe the, I I don't I don't remember there being clear nudity. I think it was obscured um, just underwater, but. Oh, maybe. Well, it looks like uh, so. I'm on the uh, the parents' guide for the original one. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, we see a little bit more of Ellen than we're used to. Briefly. Oh my. <laughs> Briefly. Briefly. 
Okay. Moderate nudity. Yeah, so that still so, yeah. so that just brings us back to the question of why isn't Clark fantasizing? Why isn't it Ellen here on the diving board who's kicking away her swimsuit instead of this this woman he doesn't even know? And I don't I don't think we're going to answer that question. No. Today. Oh, I know the answer. This has to be one of those mysteries that's because out there. they're portraying Clark as a stereotypical man being a pig. That's why. Okay. Well, then good thing before before Clark can be too much of a pig and get himself into real trouble, in walks Ruby Sue, who uh, who breaks into the fantasy. One thing I noticed right away, by the way, when Ruby Sue breaks in, is that um, if you look on the table, there are two kinds of cereal. There's nut and honey crunch, and there are grape nuts. But there's nothing that Clark seems to have designed. Aww. <laughs> keep, keep your friends close. <laughs> keep your enemies close. Well, also, you never get high on your own supply. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah go. but so but so Clark, they, he doesn't eat his own dog food, so to speak. He doesn't eat his own cereal. Yeah. I mean, when you know how the sausage is made. Yeah. Yeah, based on the yeah, molecule on his point. desk, there's some pretty weird chemicals in that stuff. So, I don't know. And the, the marina pox. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he just stays up late every night tasting different cereals. For research? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. weird to have just have cereal sitting on your table, right? People don't do that, do they? Well, I don't know. In our house, yeah, we I like mean, don't. You got put cabinets it. for that kind of thing, yeah, don't we, you? We, we like don't put anything away, so everything just ends up on the counter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, so so uh, Ruby Sue walks in with looks like a a lamb is her uh, her stuffed mm-hmm. animal there, and Ruby Sue is still played by the wonderful Ellen Latson. Mm-hmm. Who we really enjoy. Who looks remarkably similar and, to an actor from one of our movies. Or at least she looks very similar to an actor from one of our movies to me. If you've ever seen Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, the feral child is played by a little boy named Emil Minty. Mm-hmm. And I look at Ellen Latson in this movie and I, I just I just see Emil Minty. I see the feral child. It might be the bangs. It might be the long hair wig. I don't know. Yeah, they're about the same age. Yeah. Yeah. They could be siblings. There's definitely resemblance there. Yeah, and and as we you know from what we know of um, of cousin Eddie's lifestyle, it's very that possible. his his child could be a feral <laughs> child. Certainly not a not a huge. Although she's not uncultured. Oh no, she's very well spoken. This is well because yeah. well she's been put to bed. She's gotten up. I don't know if she's slept or not in in the interim. But she's put on a robe. She's not just walking around in her in her pajamas in a strange house. She's got a robe. Well, she on. probably had to go to the bathroom, yeah. <laughs> and she's used to putting on a coat. <laughs> oh right, there you go. Yeah. She's used to going outside to go to the big. <laughs> how how old would you guys think she is in the movie? I'd say like eight or nine. I think. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, with that. yeah, because yeah, yeah, she's. I'm not sure when this was filmed. She's nine when oh, okay. the movie comes out. She was born in 1980. And yeah, she looks, yeah, about eight or nine. She's right there. Okay. She's yeah. right in there. She knows what's going on. Because that's, that, that's, you know, my daughter is uh, four, and that's, she comes downstairs with her monkey in her arm in the same, very same way. <laughs> yeah. And her, her movie, uh, movie debut was in Fatal Attraction. Oh. So she's seen yeah. a lot by this point. <laughs> The, the actress, she's been around. You know. All that, all the goings on by the pool is, you know, she's seen that all before. But uh, and so she's, you know, uh, so Clark Clark asks her about, uh, you know, if someone came, if the if a, if a delivery or a messenger came today, and and then so he's asking her about that, and she's asking him about Santa Claus. So they're they're both looking for, um, they're both looking for a special delivery. <laughs> And uh, we'll see, you know, maybe maybe they're both at this point. It looks like they may both be disappointed if if things don't change <laughs> uh-huh. in a hurry. It It is nice, though, that Clark, even though he's, you know, consumed with his his bonus and his pool and everything, you know, he he is listening to her and he's kind of cataloging this and he is going to help. You know what I mean? Like he is going to, uh, you know, help little Ruby Sue. Mm-hmm. I feel like so he it's... is on one level, but then on another level, I feel like. He's just kind of rubbing it in that he's saying that they're better than her. <laughs> yeah. Family. Oh yeah. Like Santa every year, Santa every comes year. to our house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't. You don't know. No. <laughs> What'd your dad get you last year? <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> we didn't get Jack. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I, I wonder, I don't know, if did you guys get a feeling that maybe some of what Ruby Sue is saying was like planted? Like maybe she, she was pushed into saying like, hey, if you happen to get Uncle Clark alone, kind of <laughs> lay know, it on, lay it yeah. on. Yeah, you know, like are they are they kind of in on it with 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 cousin Eddie and, and Catherine? Oh, I like well, that. Well, I don't know about so. you know in the movie, but she's definitely foreshadowing. Clark, he you know he had a really great year at work. He did everything he was supposed to. He was a good boy, and he still gets the shaft. And sometimes, what the lesson this movie does not teach us is that sometimes you get the shaft. Mm-hmm. You can be the best little girl and the best little boy possible, yeah. and you're still not going to get what you want. I think it was Captain Jean-Luc Picard who yeah. taught us that you can do everything perfectly <laughs> as it should and still fail. Yes. Don't ask me what episode that was because yeah. I do not know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I think Clark, of course, is a fantastic father and he does a really good job for the most part of talking over the whole Santa Claus thing with Ruby Sue, I, I think he really falls down when he doesn't teach her that you don't always get stuff. That sometimes you're not going to get anything, and that's okay. That's that's a tough question and a tough lesson. That's hard. Like if you know, if I was in the same position, I would see myself with a similar reaction that he has of trying to soften that blow and and be optimistic at least for her sake. Yeah, I mean, life is life is pain. Um, we all know this. Mm-hmm. Um, exist, you know, just existence is is turmoil. It's the holidays. Especially We're all holidays. in misery. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but she's only you know you don't necessarily but you don't need to you know mm-hmm. snuff out any hope at this point. She's going to learn that on her own soon enough. Um, when her dreams are crushed by a, you know, a, a cruel, unfeeling, unforgiven world that, you know, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, happen tonight. She doesn't need to right. learn that lesson now. Um, so that's tough. Like when do you try to preserve that innocence and that hopefulness or do you just, you know, like ripping off a bandage, you just say, <laughs> yeah, you know, the world needs ditch diggers too. Uh, and it's interesting because I am thinking through... All the all the vacation movies. I don't know if there's a moment like this that Clark has with his own children, of you know this this tenderness and this emotion and this feeling, and this affection. You know he's really mm-hmm. good with um, with this child. I don't know if we ever see him have this kind of moment and this kind of connection with um, with Audrey or Rusty, which is probably why he has to keep replacing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the acknowledgement, that, Julia, that you gave that Clark is a good father because this version of Rusty, at least, grows up to be a very accomplished, what is he, a mathematician? He's some a, sort of... a, theores- a theoretical physicist. Exactly. So some of that smarts rubbed <laughs> off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but at, at one point he kidnapped Christopher Walken, though, as a mob boss. So he has made his missteps. <laughs> the Griswold family curse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, k- kidnapping seems to run in, in this family. That's true. <laughs> Solves every problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and so then uh, Clark sends Ruby Sue back up to bed with assurances that, that Santa comes around. He'll know mm-hmm. where to find them now that they're... Now that they're in a house that doesn't move around all the time, that Santa will be able to track them down. I don't know if this pep talk is going to help Rocky, though, because one of the main reasons Ruby Sue is out of bed is that Rocky bit her thumb because he's so nervous. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Not excited. Yeah. Nervous. That's nervous. That's pretty nervous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go around biting thumbs of others. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so anything else for, uh, for this day? For December 21st, 1989. I just, I think of Clark as, you know, like he's had his last day of work. He is 100% home now. Got his his pajamas on. He's got his robe on. I think he's really, you know, locking in for Christmas at this point. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I think he is planning on 
Okay, we're going to make Christmas for the kids. He kind of puts his own things out of his head for a second. So I really think that he, you know, I think he's 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 on the ramp now. He's on the Christmas ramp. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, but he's, he's kind of focusing on the uh, the Merry <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Well, that, that yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> his energy goes different places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's really got to focus. So at this point, yeah, he's not going out to work. He's not, you know, the lights are working. So he has no excuse to be up on a ladder outside mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. So he's got a house full of family and no excuse to get away. <laughs> so maybe that's this, why he's 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 just trying to in his mind he's trying to escape it all. And we, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say he's going to his happy place. <laughs> and, th- and this is Mary passing out of the movie as well, too, right? This is different. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we don't really resolve that to anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's, she goes home to Sam or Glenn or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Ya. <laughs> so maybe she goes home to Bill. That's what. I was yeah. To get. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam, the his real name, Glenn is named Raising Arizona. Yeah. Bill, his actual name in the movie. Thank you, Sean. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that I kind of want to see. I want to see like that movie. I want to see like the other half. This, this series of events from. I mean, what's going to happen? So, like the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh or whenever, like regular work resumes. Like the 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 theories that are or the rumors that go flying around. What happened? What well it hasn't happened yet, but we'll see it in a few days. What's going to happen with Clark and and Mister Shirley with the big boss? Like, what, what's mm-hmm. it going to be like back in the office next week or or the yeah. week after? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or when they when they find like Bill's in the garage with the door closed and the car running because you know he's got all those hang glider payments and a Jelly of the Month club to to cover it. You know? Oh, all right. Well, so on that happy note, does anybody have any anything else for uh, for December twenty first? You got anything, Julia? I just wanted to point out that the actress who plays Ruby Sue, Ellen Latson, she also has a podcast. Oh, really? Uh, it's called Watched, and it's oh. about um, the child acting industry. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because her uh, her listing in IMDb is, it's not very long. There's only, I guess, about a dozen or so entries, and they're primarily uh, around this time. You know, from from mm-hmm. Fatal Attraction in '87 to uh, a couple things in '89 and an after school special in '90, and then uh, the last entry is '97 mm-hmm. when she would have been what, 17. So yeah, all uh, all child acting gigs. So and what was the name of that yeah. again? Watched. <laughs> Watched. All right. So there you go. Check it out. Dang, we should have gotten her for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we didn't try. <laughs> yeah, Chris Christopher's been uh, been hitting her up on tweet uh, Twitter. That makes it sound like she's uh, responding. That... <laughs> well, no. so, Christopher's been stalking her on Twitter. I was sending messages into the void. Well, no, we just sent it. Hey, we're 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 talking about a movie you did. Would you be interested in responding? And and, and uh, the message we're getting is no. Yeah, no she's just... not interested. But you know. Well, so maybe you know. Once this is out, she hears what she's doing. You know, hear what it's about. She'll, she'll yeah, she'll. Yeah, isn't that the still ignore? Us. Yeah, she'll, she'll continue to ignore us. The unwritten rule of podcasts: if you if you advertise for one podcast, then they've got to reciprocate in some way. Sounds good to me. Is it okay? We'll take it. Yeah, it's the you scratch my back, I scratch your rule. <laughs> oh, so you're saying we've put it out there now? So now she owes us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like yeah. it. We've, we've, we've plugged <laughs> yeah. the Watched podcast with Alan Latson. So, uh, so now... Uh... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so speaking of scratching backs, um, so Julie and Rick, I want to thank you both very much for, for joining no, us thank today. Thank you for letting us stop for walking us through this day. Yes, it's been great. So if, if folks want to hear... You know, hear more from you, hear you talk more about feral children. <laughs> where where can they find yeah, for you? For those people that want to know our opinions of mop-headed, small-faced people who tend to bite others, 
they can listen to our production, the Mad Max Minute Podcast, which is a Monday through Friday examination of the Mad Max series of movies. We've already covered the movie Mad Max from 1979, and we are hammering our way through Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. And you can listen to new episodes of that coming out until the first couple of weeks of January. And then sometime next summer, we're going to launch into Beyond Thunderdome. And if you want to listen to us, you can find our website, madmaxminute.com. We're on Google Play and Apple Podcasts, as well as Twitter, at Mad Max Minute. And on Facebook, in our listeners group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. All right, great. And that's uh, those are some, some great movies, some of my favorites, and a great podcast. So... I encourage people to check out Mad Max Minute. And uh, so, Pete Mummert, uh-huh. if folks want to hear more of your holiday cheer, <laughs> where can they find you? Listen to uh, Spinal Tap Minute Episode 2, I believe. And you can find me right there. Yeah. All right. And so, Christopher Dennis, what would you like the uh, the folks in our listening audience to know about? Well, geez, uh, Spinal Tap Episode... Um... I think it was 9 and 10. <laughs> nine and ten? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, go find me there. Let's, let's go all the way with with this. All right. All right. Yeah, you you are yeah you are you are twice as good as Pete. We gave you. Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me, Sean German, at all eighty three minutes of Spinal Tap Minute. So uh, <laughs> if you can stand that much of it, there's a there's a whole movie going on there. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for listening. Please come back uh, on December 23rd. Will be our next day of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Until then, Merry Christmas. Bahamba. Mele Kalikimaka. Mele Kalikimaka. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say that, and then I'm like, I don't remember what it is, so I just went. Until then, Meli Kalikimaka. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> I heard no R's or S's. It sounds good. <laughs>